We're in a series we've entitled The Red Zone. And for all the football fans, you know what the red zone is. It's that last 20 yards before you reach the end zone, before you reach the goal to score points. And you can march down the field 80 yards, but the last 20 yards, the red zone, that the strategy has to change in the red zone. The focus is not just first downs at that point. The focus is scoring points. The focus is trying to win the game. And we're using that analogy to kind of help us right now as we anticipate what God wants to do in our life. Now, now we're in the playoffs right now in the football. And I, you know, for all the Cowboy fans, I'm sorry. It didn't happen this year again. I've decided the Cowboys and the post office have something in common. They don't deliver on Sundays, and that's just, just the way it is. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, they just don't do they just don't do it, okay? Stay with me, cowboy fans. Don't lose, don't, don't, don't check out on me. This week, I, this week I want to talk about how to win. How to win in life. For every one of us, there's a red zone. There's something you work on, you plan for, you go to school, you get your degree. You, you set up things, you work in your finances, you, you try to manage things. It's, it's in all spheres of life, your business. You do so many things and you get down to the red zone. You almost get there, you get close to it. And many of us, we're settling for a first down. And God is saying he wants you to win. He wants you to be a success in that area. And have you noticed, we, all of us, we love winners. We do. I mean, it's great to hear about that marriage that's 25 years, 30 years, 40 years of marriage. I mean, we just, there's just something about hearing people that just have stuck it out through the challenges of life. That person that started a business and, and it's thriving and it's successful, winning. The person that makes the honor roll. The, the person that's getting out of debt and they declare, you know what, we, we, we were in debt so far three years ago and Three, four years later, they're completely out of debt, and we just celebrate that. It's the person that breaks an addiction. I mean, uh, you get and you say, I'm, I'm celebrating my fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth year. I'm a recovering al alcoholic. I'm free from it. I, I made a change in my life. We love the story of winners. Well, the Bible says... The Bible says that God wants you and I to win, and he's given us a formula to succeed. Young adults in your career and your life, families, God's given us a, a plan on how to win. Business person, God has given us a plan on how to win. And I want to suggest that we can find it in the book of Joshua, chapter number one. Join me there. We have the account of Moses. The great patriarch of the Lord has gone on to heaven to be with the Lord. And Joshua is taking over leadership of the nation of Israel. And they're about to enter the land. They're, they're in the red zone. They've traveled through the wilderness. And now they're on the brink of moving into the promised land. They're in the red zone. They're about to push forward. And here's what Joshua says, chapter 1, verse number 7, following. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the, le to the right or to the left, that you may be successful 
wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be very careful to do everything written in it. Not just the things you're comfortable with. Everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now he told us in the verse number 7 you'll be successful, but he's saying if you'll just stay with it, if you'll just persevere with it, you'll be both prosperous and successful. Have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God wants you to be a success. Now, there are many definitions of success, and some of those definitions of success are faulty. Let me give us a biblical definition of success. This is what the Bible means when it says success. That we live up to the full God-given potential that we have. Living up to the full God-given potential. It's not you being like your brother-in-law. It's not trying to compete with your coworker. It's not trying to be somebody else. It's, it's not picking out the stereotypical formula, this is a success. God has a success pattern for you. And God says, follow this and you will be a success. And if you'll stick with it, you'll be both prosperous and successful. What is it? Living up to your full God-given potential. In other words, in other words, many of us can live but not reach God-given potential. There, that, there's a name I'm going to give you. There's a name I'm going to give you, and just a few years ago, it was on everybody's lips. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. He was that person we, in fact, they gave him Johnny Football, that he was going to be the success story in football. And where is he now? He missed his full potential. And that can happen to any of us. Do you know that it's easy to live on a 1 to 10 scale? It's easy to live a 5.4 life. It's easy to live a 7.2 life. It's, you know, to, be, to just be kind of successful, kind of what God, almost there, a little bit there. But God is saying, God is saying he has a scale. For every one of us, there's a 10. Now, your 10 may not be his 10 or her 10 or my 10. There's some of you, you're in a 10 in an area, and I'm a 3.2. You're, you're better at something. There's the person that's better at details. There's the person that's more creative. There's the person that's more organized. There's the person that's more of a, a people person. There's a person that's, that's very good at, at, at projects. And there's a, there's a person that's very good at coming into a, a, a situation and bringing control and, and, and bringing organization to it. All different perspectives. There's an area that you're a 10. And God wants you to be that 10. And sometimes we settle to be a 7.2. And God is telling us that we should strive to be the success he has called us to be. God wants us to not just have a well-lived life, but to have a fully activated life that we're living up to God-given potential that he has deposited within us. Now, I want to give us a means on how to get there. Uh, Joshua said that we just need to follow the laws of the Lord. We need to follow God's plan, God's pattern. And I want to suggest that this is also amplified in the New Testament. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, allow me to share this with us. It says, all Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. Why? Why did God give us the Bible? Verse number 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God gave us the Bible, the manual, so we would be thoroughly equipped for all good works. Joshua said, so you would be successful. Not only successful, that you would be prosperous and successful. God gave us his word, and this word, scripture, is a manual on how to deal and do life. It's, it's how to have a successful family. It's how to be a successful business person. I mean, you read Scripture. If you're a business person, there is a book of the Bible you should read every month. In fact, there are 31 chapters in this book, and you should read a chapter every day. In fact, I encourage you for that particular day of the month, read that chapter in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is practical wisdom on how to manage people. You're a manager. You own a business. You deal with customers, you're in customer service, you're having to deal with corporate decisions. The book of Proverbs is your manual on how to be successful. If if you're wanting to understand Jesus, you're you're wanting to get closer to Jesus, the Gospels. If you're saying, I I just want to know how to live life, I want to know how to deal with attitudes and problems and and temperament issues and and my own idiosyncrasies and overcome some of my weakness. Oh, the the New Testament epistles are for you. They're what we call task theology. It's, It's the task of living life. It's the task of making everyday decisions. You say, I want to learn more about God's nature. If you want to learn about God's nature, The Old Testament is for you. The Old Testament is a picture of the nature of God. It shows us what God is like. And here in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, it says all Scripture. Now pause a moment. What I want to share with you is when this was written, the only Scripture they had was the Old Testament. Now somebody has told you, The Old Testament is the Old Covenant, and it's not for us. We're under the New Covenant. Isn't it interesting? You don't find that in the Bible. All Scripture. When the Apostle Paul wrote this, the only Scripture they had was the Old Testament. The New Testament had not been written yet. And the Bible says it's God-breathed or it's inspired. In other words, there is something about this book. There's something about this book. The first two words in the New Testament, Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse number 1, in the King James Version Bible says, the book. It's the first two words in the Bible. The book in the New Testament. There are many books. There's only one, the book. There's one, the book. Now, every other book you read, question it. Scrutinize it. Weigh it out. Determine whether it's good and applicable for you. But when it comes to this book, the book. All Scripture is given by inspiration. All Scripture is God-breathed. It is not multiple choice. It's not multiple. We don't choose which verse we want to read. Now, someone has said, rightfully so, that the, the New Testament, the New, 
is in the old contained. The old is in the new explained. The new is in the old concealed. The old is in the new revealed. There is a consistent drama and storyline in the Bible, and God has given us His truth to guide us in everyday living. This book is inspired by God. It is the final authority. I make my decisions not on the pool of public opinion. And let me just say today, let me just invite us. In the body of Christ today, in the 21st century, there is too much Wikipedia theology and Google godliness. What am I saying? That people will get their opinion on Scripture and theology from Wikipedia. Wikipedia, anybody can add to it. Anybody can go in there and add and post, and it is basically a collage of people's perspective. The Bible is consistent. The Bible is foundational. And I say there's too much Google godliness. In other words, people say, I wonder if this is right. So they will Google it. They won't go to the Bible to find out, but they'll Google it. Let me just say, there is an article in the internet that will agree with every sin. There is an article on the internet that will tell you that any sin you live in is all right and is acceptable and God excuses it. This book doesn't agree with it, but in, in the internet land, you can find somebody that will agree that your sin, God gives you a hall pass on, and you can live in that. But the book, the Bible, the divinely inspired book, the God-breathed book, has standards by which we go by. And Scripture tells us it's good for teaching. Yeah, the Bible teaches us. That's why you need to be reading Scripture daily. You need to have, you need to have 15, 20 minutes a day where you're reading Scripture. And the Bible says it's not only is good for teaching, it's good for rebuke. Yeah, good for rebuke. Do you let the Bible rebuke you? Do you let the Bible speak to you? You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you need to say amen. Sometimes you need to say ouch. Yeah. Sometimes the Bible will say things that disagree with us. There are times I, I voice my opinion one day, and then a few days later, later read Scripture, and I say, oh, my goodness, I was wrong. Ouch, God. Uh, your, your, your principle is different from my opinion, and I have to adjust my opinion. I pastor people sometimes two or three years, and they'll say amen, 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 and then one day in a message we'll teach something out of Scripture. They don't agree with it. Well, I'm just going to go find another church. The 21st century Christianity is that everything that's taught and preached ought to make us feel good. That's not what the Bible says. Sometimes you need to walk away and feel like you have been rebuked by Scripture. The Bible says it's good for correcting and for training. It brings teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Why? The Bible says so that we can be thoroughly equipped for all good works, so that we can succeed in life. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be successful, and God has a manual to help you. And he said, if you'll follow this and live by the Bible, 
even when your brother-in-law disagrees with it. Yeah. Even, even when you disagree with it. If you'll say, God, it's not how I was raised. It's not how I practiced. It's not my, it's not my style. And it's really not my comfort. But your word says it. I'm going to follow this book. I'm going to live by this book. God says, that is the key to success. And it will follow you wherever you go. And here's God's promise. If you'll follow my word, I'll never forsake you. I'll stand by you. And you're going to succeed in life. Church Online, I invite you. This book can change your life. Westover family here in the room. This book can change our life. Establish regular time to be in God's Word. I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. And we're going to commit. We're going to commit to follow God's Word. And we're going to have a moment of worship and celebrate and remind ourselves, God, you're in control of everything. Father, as we go into this moment of worship, I just pray. I just pray in the name of Jesus right now that we will recommit to follow your word, to practice it in our business, in our life, with our family, to apply it to our attitude, to apply it to our actions, our decisions. We will put your word first in everything and honor you in all we do. And we ask this and we proclaim this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless.